From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News for week commencing July 3, 2016. Now here's something, real-time band condition website. The purpose of this experimental website is to provide 24-7, 365 actual real-time band conditions information. This information is not based on any software prediction or any kind of satellite-based recordings. It is based on a new ionospheric sounding method called HF ionospheric interferometry, which operates very similarly to the Pulsar system used by NASA. The VK100 Anzac Commemoration... ANZAC at the Western Front. It's put on by the Geelong Amateur Radio Club this month as they commemorate Australia's engagement in the battle as the ANZACs fought at Fromelles and Pozieres on the Western Front in World War I. Fromelles was Australia's worst military catastrophe with 5,500 killed and wounded in just 12 hours. With support of the WIA, Geelong will activate the VK100 ANZAC call sign and have a special QSL card. The club will also join a local wreath-laying service at the Shrine of Remembrance in Melbourne on July 19. It's been talking with the Radio Club de Nord de la France, F8KKH. The VK100 Anzac will be set up at Osborne House in Geelong, Australia's first naval college, and operate from July 19 to 21. The Geelong Club has endorsed as its Anzac Ambassador for the Western Front, Ken Jewell, VK3NW, who has a broad knowledge of military history and organiser of the project, is Barry Abley, VK3SY. VK3PC Jim Linton, WIA Secretary, says the WIA has written to the IARU French counterpart. President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, has formally invited REF to join in the commemoration of what happened on the Western Front 100 years ago. More about this can be read in the July edition of WIA Journal AR Magazine, out now. Look, up in the sky, experiments designed and coded by Australian high school students will later this year head for the orbiting International Space Station. Hundreds of Year 9 and 10 students are learning to code and design experiments which will be sent into space to be tested by the astronauts. Launched on the SpaceX rocket out of Cape Canaveral in Florida in November, there will be 60 experiments from Australia in a module the size of a coffee mug. It'll have more than 10 sensors sending back data to students to prepare their reports. A GPS personal distress beacon has saved a man who was gored by a wild bull in central Queensland. The 66-year-old activated his personal locator beacon and then made an attempt to drive to seek medical help. The beacon did lead police to the man's vehicle on a dirt road where he was discovered to be unconscious upon their arrival. He was flown to Mackay Base Hospital where he remains in a stable condition. The importation of mobile phone jammers and GPS jammers, also known as signal jammers, is now prohibited after an amendment to customs regulations. The ACMA has worked closely with the Department of Immigration and Border Protection, VK7WI News says the change to the regulations allow Australian Border Force officers to seize signal jammers at the border as they are now prohibited imports. Sydney Opera House needed a new rebroadcast system installed in time for New Year's Eve. 
The house is one of Australia's most famous landmarks and performing arts complexes with thousands of performances and more than 8 million people visiting the precinct each year. The building required a robust radio communication system capable of handling significant operational and public safety challenges. RFI was tasked with the job of updating, as well as critical communication coverage for Opera House staff and security, and ambulance and fire services. EME and RF signal testing has been performed in 80 internal test points and has met the required received signal strength each time. You know, holding back battery power development has been the unit's size, capacity and cost. Many researchers around the world, some with heavy financial backing, are looking for a breakthrough in battery technology and a market edge. One such possibility is that a type of rechargeable lithium battery that may be suitable for the electric vehicle industry is being looked at here in Australia. CSIRO scientists, Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology and the Queensland University of Technology are pre-treating lithium battery metal electrodes with an electrolyte salt solution. They claim it extends the battery life, increases performance and safety and may make it competitive to use in the electric vehicle market. Meanwhile, the smartphone is likely to never need charging thanks to an inbuilt capture of ambient energy through wireless charging. And this technology may find a place in other consumer devices. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. WIA, Board Talk, and shortly Roger Harrison, VK2 ZRH. ACMA liaison keeps the WIA busy. The WIA has acknowledged that the remake of the Amateur Radio Licence Conditions Determination, or LCDs, was mainly a sunsetting measure in order to ensure the continued operation of the amateur service. However, at the ACMA's invitation, the WIA made a very substantial 22-page submission earlier this year. In a preamble, the submission sets out the context in which AR operates in Australia, developments in the radio communication industry and the WIA's desire to reduce the regulatory burden for both licensees and the ACMA. It proposed future amateur licensing to accommodate emerging innovation in wireless technologies and application to enable the hobby to develop in whatever direction current and future licensed radio operators might lead it. A key proposal supported greater self-determination for the amateur service, along with proposing updates in the licensing conditions for all license grades in order to ensure amateur radio remains relevant in the digitally connected age. The WIA board finalised the submission on future amateur license conditions, addressing a wide range of issues currently affecting licensees and establishing some key principles and policy for amateur radio licensing in the future. Favourable comments have already been received to the publicised WIA submission and the ACMA may address it later this year or early next. Are anti-technology teachers holding back youngsters? A fear of technology among some preschool teachers is being cited as a reason why Australians are behind in science, technology, engineering and maths or STEM. The Early Learning STEM Australia Task Force has found that some fear of technology exists, saying it takes away childhood, hampering intellectual and emotional development. Some teachers claim early year students are showing signs of having digital dementia by relying on devices, living in a solitary life in front of a screen and not exercising their memory muscles. 
Top education experts who disagree have uncovered a hostility to technology from early childhood teachers, with some choosing the kindergarten sector so that they could avoid teaching STEM subjects, whilst teachers in primary and secondary schools have embraced STEM and eager for it to be part of the curriculum and the jobs of the future. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a quick word about board discussions concerning the WIA's committee system. The committee system was built from a collection of committees and coordinators inherited from the past federal WIA system. Some rearrangement occurred following the establishment of the National WIA just over 10 years ago, with a few new functional committees added. During 2015, the board instituted a system where individual directors took responsibility for particular functional areas. The 2015 Open Forum report reflects this. The committee system is built on and sustained by volunteers. The broadcast team and the publications committee are the most high-profile examples of what can be achieved. They produce weekly broadcasts, week in, week out, in the first instance, and 11 issues of Amateur Radio magazine, year in, year out, in the second instance. The board has discussed strengthening the committee system to build resilience and flexibility to provide the myriad services that members and non-members need and have become used to, and to prevent volunteer burnout. This isn't a softening up to hoist some volunteers overboard and cast them adrift in the Pacific Ocean to follow in the wake of Captain Bly to make an analogy with the history of Norfolk Island, where we held the AGM. It is our intention to develop a volunteer charter, to adopt a set of principles applying to all volunteer roles, built on three objectives of respect, dignity and fairness for volunteers, setting out terms of reference for the various functions, along with clear role descriptions, responsibilities and lines of communication. And we will invite all those with roles in the committee system to help develop the Charter. Committee volunteers, stand by your email inbox, but it would be unwise to hold your breath. This is just a heads up. More to come in due course. The New South Wales Department of Planning and Environment has released for public comment a proposed new housing code to make building and renovating easier, according to the Department. Let me share with you the Department's explanation, and I quote, The Code sets out clear and simple planning rules for works that can be undertaken as complying development. The new Housing Code has been written and structured so it is clear and easy to use. It will include diagrams that illustrate key controls and building standards that have to be met when homeowners are building or renovating. The Code forms part of the State policy for exempt and complying development and sets out the planning rules for new homes, extensions and other developments, such as garages and swimming pools. This is an opportunity to make planning rules easier for everyone to understand without needing to be a planning expert or lawyer. The new code will also provide more certainty when certifiers and councils assess a proposal. End of quote. You may recall that, back in 2011, I led a campaign to gain inclusion in the planning regulations being revised at that time for the use of antenna masts to a height of 10 metres without having to submit a costly, complicated and lengthy development application to your local council. That campaign succeeded. 
Aerials and masts up to 10 metres height are officially an exempt development. With some sensible controls and limitations, you can put up your radio mast to pursue your hobby without having to jump through hoops and get tangled in red tape. Here we are, five years on, and the Department of Planning has worked hard to produce a housing code for exempt and complying development that aims to be readily understandable without having to agree in civil engineering or the law. I would urge all New South Wales amateurs to take a look at the Department of Planning's website for the new housing code. Here's how to find it. Use Google and enter NSW Planning. The Department of Planning website homepage will be top of the list. Select that and add forward slash proposals to the URL. This brings up the draft plans and policies page where you'll see a list to choose from. Select simplified housing code. Have a read of the various documents, particularly draft housing code divisions 1 through 4. You will see aerials and antenna, that's AE, mentioned. See if it makes sense to you. You may notice that the draft code includes such useful things as a detached studio. Think of it as a ham shack. Also mentioned is a detached garage, which can serve all sorts of purposes, such as your workshop. Should you conclude that you'd like to comment, you have until the 12th of August to make a submission. Quite apart from these things, the Department of Planning has an online electronic housing code. You enter your QDH address and details of what you want to do, put up a mast, etc., and it generates an exempt development report. You can use that to work out if what you plan fits the exempt requirements or not. Handy. The URL is in the text edition of the broadcast. This has been WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Let's see what's happening in VK2 and 3. Lismore Sarkfest will be held at their club rooms, 414 Richmond Hill Road, on Sunday the 28th of August, morning to afternoon. But please advise the club if you may come. All are welcome. Make a day of it. VK3, the Great Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club annual ham fest is here again. It happens Saturday, July 16 at Cranbourne Community Hall on the corner of Clarendon and High Street, Cranbourne. There'll be door prizes, tea, coffee and a sausage sizzle and it's all undercover with 41 tables of goodies so there should be something for everyone. Entry $6, doors open at 10am, be there and don't forget to bring a friend. What use is an F-call? Over the years that I've been an amateur, I've spent many hours discussing the ins and outs of being an amateur. I've talked about what you're allowed to do, where the LCD falls short, what things you can build, what activities you can participate in, and where to find and learn more about this wonderful hobby called amateur radio. I've received emails from many different people, amateurs and non-amateurs alike, each sharing with me their take on what excites them, what mistakes I made, or what things I should investigate next. An increasing theme over the past few years is that I should admonish amateurs for their misbehaviour, that I should be telling people off for doing things that fall outside their licence condition. A recurring theme is the idea that there are F-calls who are using more than their allocated 10 watts of power. It's getting to the point where a growing group of amateurs are expecting me to become an amateur radio police officer and that I should be policing the misdeeds of my F-calls. Seriously? First of all, they're not my F-calls. I have no more control over them than they have over me.
Second, I'm not qualified to assert one way or another that another amateur is breaking the rules. We have a government body specifically for the task, the ACMA. Third, F-calls breaking the rules, really? And they're following the lead from who? So no, I'm not a police officer. I'll not be telling F-calls or anyone else off for exceeding their license condition. If they think it's fine to break the rules, that's their problem. If you think that it's a problem that someone is exceeding their license condition, you should tell the ACMA. If you don't think it's a problem big enough to warrant doing that, why are you telling me about it? So no more, this amateur did this and it's wrong. If you want me to talk about learning to find out if you're breaking the rules, or if you want it to be a training opportunity, by all means keep the emails coming. But I'm not your cop, not today, and not until such time as I accept a job at the ACMA. Finally, if you're knowingly breaking the rules, you really should ask yourself why it is that you're doing this. If you need more power, get a higher license. If you're already using the highest power available, then become a member of the WIA and canvass your local politician. The only thing that has ever changed the world is a small group of individuals making a concerted effort. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason VK2LAW. In a letter to the Radio Spectrum Management Policy and Planning Manager, the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters, NZART, request an amateur radio allocation at 222 to 223 MHz. The letter in part says, NZART is always on the lookout for spectrum that has different characteristics from that to which we already have access. The 174 to 230 MHz band clearly fits in this category, having characteristics quite different from the two adjacent 144 MHz and 430 MHz amateur bands. We are therefore requesting that a small allocation, 222 to 223 MHz, be made to the New Zealand amateurs to allow them to further both the self-training and technical investigations purposes of the service. Killer Airwaves Russia starts trial of electromagnetic warfare system. Russia's electronic warfare equipment producer launched tests of a tactical electromagnetic combat complex fully integrated with latest air defence systems. It guarantees complete neutralisation of all enemy electronics. Integrated with air defence systems and networks, the new complex maintains automated real-time intelligence data exchange with the Airspace Defence Task Force to facilitate centralised target distribution, the source said. MBE CMG UK Awards In the Queen's Birthday Honours in the UK, Danielle George, Professor of Radio Frequency Engineering at the University of Manchester, was awarded an MBE for services to engineering through public engagement. Quoted in The Guardian, she highlighted amateur radio enthusiasts as an inspiration to the next generation of tinkerers. Also in the birthday honours, astronaut Tim Peake, Golf Bravo 1 Sierra Sierra, was awarded a CMG for services to space research and scientific education. The award was offered and accepted whilst Tim was on the International Space Station. It was thus the first in history to be offered to a person whilst they were not physically on planet Earth. Hotel Foxtrot Zero Foxtrot, the visit of Pope Francis to Poland. 
Hotel Foxtrot Zero Foxtrot, QSL via Sugar Papa 9 Bravo Romeo Papa, will operate from Krakow to mark the visit of His Holiness Pope Francis to Poland on the 25th to the 31st of July. The program includes the Pope's participation in the World Youth Days taking place in Krakow. The World Youth Days is a biennial event initiated by Pope John Paul II. It is expected about 2 million young Catholics will visit Poland for the second time. Speaking of youth, Justin Bieber gets his Class A ham radio licence. We'll look at this in detail during special interest groups a little further down the log today. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Weird and wonderful. A quirk of history are the nicknames of two children of the famed inventor Thomas Edison. The American inventor and businessman developed many devices, including the phonograph, the motion picture camera, and the long-lasting practical electric light bulb. The question of nicknames came up as a question recently on a TV quiz show. Edison's first child was a daughter, Marion, born in 1872. He affectionately called her Dot, and her younger brother, Thomas Jr., was known as Dash, an obvious reflection of Edison's fascination with Morse code. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ 2016. IARU Championship Contest is next weekend, 9 10 of July. A new one to the WIA broadcast calendar came in this week. This new contest is to be held on the Saturday night of the third full weekend in July. Start time is 0800 hours UTC and finish time is 1400 hours UTC, 16 July 2016. Its name? Trans Sampson VK40i says it's the Trans Tasman Louvans Challenge. 1010 International Summer Contest August 6 and 7. Remembrance Variety Contest August 13 and 14. The 19th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is August 20 and 21. 36 Alara Contest on the last four weekend in August, August 27 28. DX Advice. Greece, SV. QRV is SV8 stroke GM0 LVI stroke portable from Zakynithos Island, IOTA EU052 until July the 6th. Activities on the HF bands running just 10 watts. QSL home call GM0 LVI. 5X10 is on the air. 5X10 from Uganda until the 8th of July. Activities on 40, 20, 15 and 10 metres using 5 watts. QSL via EA5GL. D44TWO from Sao Tiago, AF005 in the Cape Verde Islands. Until the 13th of July, operating SSB, CW and digital modes on the 60-40 metre bands. His QSL manager is M0OXO. Hopefully you've got all those QSL addresses, no? Never fear, all addresses are in the text edition free and early when you are subscribed to the automatic email mail from the WIA and details of that are on wia.org.au as is the text edition on the web. Speaking of QSLs, historic QSLs help conserve our heritage. The collection of QSL cards of a historic nature was started by Ken Matchett VK3TL, now a silent key. It is well maintained and continues to grow. 
It is the second largest in the world and houses some of the rarest QSL cards. The collection has been reorganised to allow a more efficient search of historic information. Most welcome are QSL contributions of old cards that add to the collection. Awards Planned for the National Park Springtime Activity Period While in the winter period now, think of the glorious warmer spring season that includes the Keith Roche Memorial National Parks Award and its multiple activations. The sixth activation weekend in November is focused on the 45 national parks in VK3, aimed at both hunters and activators alike. Some who go out portable have individual targets of qualifying for the Merit Award, or perhaps by the ultimate Grand Slam for working from and to all national parks. The Grand Slam is the date are Peter VK3ZPF, Peter VK3PF, Julie VK3FOWL and Joe VK3YSP. Six radio amateurs already intend to be active during the period. Their park, day and times are at the Parks and Peaks website. All inquiries are also welcomed by the award manager Tony Hambling VK3XV. The Keith Roche Memorial National Parks Award activity is taking place over four days, Friday the 11th to Monday the 14th of November. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with Worldwide Special Interest Groups News, beginning this week with Final Frontier. And Aris contacts Canada. Briar Green Public School Ontario was successful in reaching astronaut Timothy Peake, KG5BVI, who answered 15 questions for an audience of 250 students, along with parents and visitors. Briar Green is an amazing K-6 open concept school nestled in a suburban community of West Ottawa in Ontario, Canada. Some of their noteworthy special education themes include their Kindergarten Chinese New Year Parade, Terry Fox Run Activities and Junior Community Games Days. UK Cube 1 Transponder remains active. The UCube 1 transponder continues to remain active and users will find that their signals may disappear during short periods when the satellite's primary beacon is active. Once the primary beacon's transmission is finished, the transponder will be going back to normal. The 145.15 MHz telemetry from FunCube 2 is being copied a little bit higher at 0.16 up. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW. Lighthouses throughout the world are magnificent, nostalgic structures, symbols of security and safety for ships. Even with modern electronic navigation, they offer a beacon of light. Some even have a foghorn, and a few are time ball towers. An aim of next month's International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is, through amateur radio, to put the former maritime navigation structures on air. Current registrations for the annual fun event in August 2021 is on the dedicated website illw.net. And don't forget, Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Amateur Old Timers tomorrow, Monday, July 4th. The Radio Amateur Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly bulletin goes to air. And with what's in store, now it's over to Clive, VK6CSW. As well as the latest club news, this month we have items on AC versus DC solar charging, the Bolt Electric Vehicle, and Lithium Batteries Catching Fire. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to tune in and to join in the callbacks afterwards. Scheduled transmission times are at 0100 UTC on 20 metres, beamed north from Melbourne on 14.150 MHz. At 10am Victorian time, VK3OTN transmits on 2 metres 
on 147.175 MHz FM, 160 meters on 1843 kHz AM, and 40 meters on 7060 kHz lower sideband. Then in the evening at 8:30 p.m. on 145.7 MHz FM plus 3650 kHz lower sideband. In Western Australia, VK6 OTN transmits at 10 a.m. local time on 7.088 MHz lower sideband plus all linked VK6 News West repeaters. In Tasmania, VK7 OTN transmits at 8.30 p.m. local time via the statewide repeater network. Callback sessions follow each transmission. As from Tuesday morning, you can download the audio file from our website at www.raotc.org.au. Once again, the July RAOTC Bulletin is scheduled for tomorrow, Monday, July the 4th. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Thank you, Clive. And now to Radio Amateur Young Timers. Justin Bieber gets Class A ham radio licence. 13-year-old Justin Bieber, DJ5KM, is one of Germany's youngest radio amateurs. Justin, no connection with the singer of the same name, lives 350 kilometres west of Berlin and celebrated his 13th birthday on June 20th. Just five days earlier, while aged 12, he passed the exam for the Federal Network Agency Class A licence. His previous Class E callsign was DO2JUS. One of the Beeb's first contacts was with Walter Randolph G0KCC, when Justin told him his age and said that he had just passed his Class A exam, Walter said, Congratulations, we need more young people to join us. Walter is 78 years old. And schools learn about technology. A couple of radio amateurs are taking modern amateur radio to primary schools to show how it can be fun while helping stimulate interest in science and technology. Husband and wife team, Julie, VK3FOWL, and Joe, VK3YSP, believe that lots of schools could benefit from aspects of amateur radio. This fits in with a push through the curriculum for greater emphasis on science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or STEM, which is also called STEAM, with a letter A added for the arts. The task is not for all hams and is not aimed at necessarily recruiting newcomers, but more of a spin-off exposure to technology that may lead a few to later join our ranks. The WIA believes opportunities are emerging through STEM or STEAM that may lead to a role for some radio amateurs with their hands-on self-education and experimentation experience as young Australians explore technology. The School Amateur Radio Club Network has its own website that is full of information on setting up a club. It's on scarcnet.org. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio Para Ham Emergency Radio Operation, a nationwide simultaneous earthquake drill in the Philippines held June 22nd, saw many agencies involved, including ham radio operators. The Philippines Amateur Radio Society, PARA, now has reports from ham emergency radio operations groups that showed they used their capabilities and skills to provide emergency communications. All reports of the drill were collated by PARA and sent to the National Telecommunications Commission that ran the drill. And that's all I've got this week. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Time to tie the ribbon. 
Let's have a look on the social scene for July, August. July 9-10 in VK3, Gippstech 2016 at Churchill. July 16, VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest at Cranbourne. August 7 in VK6, NCRG Hamfest, 9am, Cyril Jackson Community Hall at Ashfield. August 28 in VK2, Summerland, that's Lismore Hamfest, at their club rooms. Now, till next week, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Thanks for listening and walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.